Folks, this is Always Be Watching. It's our weekly discussion about what we've been watching. My name, it's Dan Barrett, joined by Chris Yates. Hi, Dan. It's great to be here yet again. It is fantastic to see you. Premise of this podcast, very simple. People, when they catch up, they're like, hey, what have you been watching lately? With the idea of getting TV recommendations and sharing what they've been watching. I think some people, other people other than us, when they get together, they say, what have you been doing, maybe? Or like, what have you been up to lately? Sorry, did but, you, uh, can you speak multiple languages? I didn't understand what you were yeah, talking no, about. No. Uh, we've been doing this for quite a while, uh, as far as um, talking about what we've been watching to each other. Uh, a good 15 years, I'd say. Yeah, and I believe we've almost reached 15 podcasts now. So. Oh, one, one per year, great. Yeah, we're getting there. That seems like a lot of episodes. Too many. Um, uh, I, I just, I've only come here for one reason, Dan, and that's to ask you this very question. What have you been watching? Well, I've only come here for one reason, which is to tell you what I've been watching. Yes. So this is going to work out very well <laughs> until I have to be polite. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a British show. Ah. It comes from Old Blighty. <laughs> yep. It's called Years and Years. Look at the state we are in. God knows we need to shake things up. So, I propose that in order to vote, every British citizen must take an IQ test. God, what did she just say? Are you saying that some people are too stupid to vote? I've got you listening now, haven't I? Now, Chris, are you across years and years? I think you must have told me about it the other day, but I think uh, that's no, but I can't even remember what you were saying to me the other day. Look, I absolutely told you about this the other day, but I know you weren't listening, so let's run through it again. Years and Years, it's a six-episode mini, six miniseries coming from the UK. It is from uh, Russell Davies, of whom people would know oh, from yes. Doctor it's Who. It's all coming back to me now, yes. Uh, he also did a really interesting two-part series that I liked from years ago uh, called, and just as I started talking now, I've <laughs> forgotten entirely, it's called The Second Coming. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I really like that. I, I'm not a big Doctor Who guy, so I didn't really see that much of what he did there. But I've always liked the idea of Russell T. Davies. I've never been sort of gaga for him. But this show, I'm completely smitten by. I yeah. am completely wow. into this. So I'd heard a couple of things about it. And it was just that, one, the end of episode one apparently has a humdinger of an ending. And also I'd been told that the show itself played around with time frames a little bit and was a family drama. So I thought this sounds very much like a British version of This Is Us. Hmm. And I thought, you know what? There is no way this is going to be any good. <laughs> I'm completely wrong because one, it's nothing like This Is Us. And two, it's very good. Ah, excellent. So the conceit of this is that it starts out in 1999. 1999. What year are we in, Chris? It's 2019. I don't know, dude. Whatever you say. It starts out in 2019. Awesome. It's a very modern day story. Mm -hmm. Family in Britain. And we see over the course of the first episode, the show jumps forward over about five years. So you see like some like clips of what's happening around the world at the time and you find out Donald Trump's got in his second term in office. You find out that right. you know, there's been very sort of movements across Europe where borders are falling mm. and migrants are making their way across and you know, it's just generally playing on all the concerns we have in two thousand nineteen and just thinking through what it would be like in five years' time if all the sort of serious threats to what we'd seen as the status quo really come to pass. Which is a fun idea. Which is a I mean, fun. <laughs> but I have no, not... No, I mean, it was it, yeah. interesting idea. Though. It's an interesting idea. And watching it executed, it is so disturbing. <laughs> and it just completely cut me to my very liberal core. Wow. I'm struggling with this in the idea that I think it's been thought through in a really smart way. But one of the things that always gets him is not only is the politics really smart in a way that he's executed the ideas as to how everything sort of unravels, 
but also he plays around the technology in a way that actually makes sense to where I think it could possibly go. Right. It's always going to be a little bit exaggerated and never quite there. But they've got a teenage daughter, well, it's like three like sections of family because they're like grown-up adults with like their own mini-families and stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys, he's got a daughter who she's, I'm going to say, like maybe 12 when the show starts. And in one of the years, she's playing around with what seems to be like Instagram filters, but being projected out of some glasses that she has. Oh. So it's just this idea of like this teenage girl of whom, instead of actually reacting with words with her family, she's put these stupid glasses on and she's reacting with emoticons. <laughs> oh, and it's so obnoxious and irritating. You can see the parents just struggling with like having to deal with her. But and it sort of seems like if they can create that technology, then that it's would clearly going to happen. Exactly right? that. Like yeah. it, it just kind of felt so real. Oh my god! And like within the next five years, we're probably not going to quite have that. But it's just like an interesting idea. Yeah. And that's what the show excels at: just wow. playing around with like really interesting ideas. Some gravely likely and concerning. <laughs> others maybe a little bit fantastic, but still grounded enough for you to think that it was possible and feasible in the world they've created. Well, you, and you want them to be a little bit exaggerated. And, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no fun having a realistic science fiction premise, no. I don't think. But the thing is, this show is realistic. Oh, my God. And I'm already scared of it. I don't think I can watch it. This is the first five years, okay? Yeah. But as the series goes on, it covers the first fift- it covers a 15-year period. Right. And just keeps on taking, like, the politics of now and expanding upon the ideas of it and taking it further and further. Now, I've only seen the first two episodes so far. Uh, I think episode four is airing in the UK. Oh, episode four aired last week in the UK, okay. I think. A bit lost as to exactly where I am. I fell behind a little bit. <sighs> There's an Emma Thompson character, and she is playing very much like... I mean, we'd think of her in Australia as like a Pauline Hanson sort. Oh, right. Where she's sort of come out of nowhere, and she's not quite like Pauline, which is like, you know, um, just gross. And no just, one's that gross. Yeah, really. but she's come out as someone of whom has been fairly charming on some like panel conversation shows on TV with some fairly sort of crazy like extreme viewpoints. But as the years are going by, you see her become more and more embedded in the culture to the point where she ends up joining Parliament by the end of the second episode. Right. And she becomes a far-right figure as it goes on. So I'm very curious to see where that goes. And people listening to this might already have more of an idea of where it goes. But yeah, it's it's probably the most essential TV show of 2019. So really, uh, you know, not having seen any of the aesthetic kind of quality of it or anything yeah. like that, it's, it's really sounding a lot like uh, Black Mirror. Uh, look, I mean, that's probably a very good way to look at it. Like a like a longer version of the way sort of one of those Black Mirror episodes might play out? Oh, look, absolutely. And thinking about it, the first episode has uh, Rory Kinnear, who's in the first episode of Black Mirror. Mm. Sorry, the series Years and Years has Rory Kinnear the, from yeah, the first yeah, episode sure. of Black Mirror. And you recall he was the guy, the prime minister who had the encounter uh, yes. with the pig. Uh, yeah, but you've seen Rory Kinnear in a whole bunch of things over time. And, like, he's a great screen actor. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not like Black Mirror's got a monopoly on that idea. And what they kind of do is The pig a idea. Bit- <laughs> they certainly don't have a monopoly on that. Uh, no, just that, just this idea of, um, you know, f- uh, of, of a horrific future that's not too far away that's kind of done in the thing. Yeah. Done it, you know. But while Blackadder plays with the idea of- Blackadder? Black- Blackadder. <laughs> Black Mirror. We were talking about Blackadder before the podcast started. <laughs> yes. I like that. that well, Black Mirror. <laughs> well, Black Mirror usually takes sort of one idea of technology and expounds upon that. Yeah, sure. Like this is very much looking at society as an mm. idea and playing into that. So it's not quite as narrow focused as like a Black Mirror. Yeah, and that sounds really interesting too. I like the idea of that. Dan, even though I sounded terrified about it at the start, I think I will give yeah. it a look. No, no, please do. Like I am very fascinated to know what you think of it. So it's currently airing in the US, uh, UK on BBC. 
It's airing in the US from the middle of June on HBO. In terms of Australia, we don't have an air date yet or a broadcast partner for it, so I'm what's, not too sure. What's going on, Australia? Get your finger out. Exactly. Uh, do you think you'll see it on... Is there a chance we'll see it on the ABC or not since they've got no money? Look, I don't think we'll see it on the ABC, but I reckon it'll just turn up somewhere. Okay, great. Yeah. Chris Yates, what have you been watching? All right, Dan. Well, I've been watching a... I'm going to talk I'm going to talk a little bit about another kids' show. You know, I like to talk about the kids' show somewhere, sometimes. So I've been watching a show that's called The Cat in the Hat Knows That. How deep down do you think we can go, Sally? We're explorers, Nick. It's our job to find out. We're going to need bigger shovels. How's this one for size? It's the cat! The cat in the hat! Oh no, you're in a hole! I'll rescue you! Now, Chris, is this Mike Myers? This is absolutely not Mike Myers, and that's probably the main reason I'm watching it. Um, ever since, I mean, Dr. Seuss books were, were I think, 1940s was about the, the, the time when he started publishing. Um, it was massive in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, everyone knows who Dr. Seuss is. I don't have to explain, but his um, legacy and the cat of the hat has been transformed into uh, the visual, the moving pictures, let's say, many, many times. As From as early as I think like 1960-something, I saw some um, really amazing, surreal, twisted uh, cartoon versions of the Grinch and of the cat in the hat that are just so off the wall and so crazy. Uh, and it, there's always been this real, uh, I think, temptation when people are remaking or, or, or interpreting Cat in the Hat because they are such a weird imaginative space to try and do something really freaky and strange with it and, and quite often veer away from the um, even the look and the style and the, certainly the sensibility of the books. Uh, which at, at, at their heart are, I guess, just trying to teach kids how to read and simple moral lessons, but obviously have a lot more going on for them than that, and are actually quite are actually often quite political and uh, always very progressive in the, uh, the 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 way that they talk about those ideas. So I was very relieved to see this is a show. I think it's been it's I think it's still in production and it's not new. Like it's about five years ago old. I think it started. Um, and looking for some nice wholesome entertainment for my kid who just finished watching Ninjago and tried watching Power Rangers, but thank God didn't. He was just a little bit too young for it. And all I, this, like, I can't wait till he gets into <laughs> all sixteen different series of that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like you know, it, uh, and I'm and I'm not trying to I'm trying not to stifle his interest in those things. But I was I was very very happy to see him uh, get excited about the cat in the hat knows that, which is essentially this. It, incredibly beautifully animated version of the cut of the books in that it just looks like the books come to life which is just done so rarely in these reinterpretations so based on the fact that it looks like the books i'm guessing it's 2d animation and not yep it's nice flat yeah. 2d animation um the main characters are the kids out of the cat in the hat book and the cat in the hat and thing one and thing two and the thingamajig i think it's called his vehicle which uh, my son has become very very fond of and likes to pretend he's running around in the house himself but dan while i watch your eyes glaze over with no interest in ch- children's shows i've got a, there's something about well, it that no, you will no, find interesting i was gonna say don't think i was disinterested i I was actually just thinking back through my past because Doctor Who's books weren't really a thing in my household. Ah, that's interesting. We just never really had them around. And I know I've read some, but I think just leafed through them like later in life. Ah, sure. But I was going through the books just seeing if there was like one that I, you know, definitely had an experience with and nothing was really coming up. But I found the very first Doctor Seuss book is called The Pocket Book of Boners. (laughs) Well, that's 
interesting. Well, and back in 1931, <laughs> the phrase boner had a different like meaning than it. There you go. 31. Is that when the first book was? There yeah. You go. As early as that. Published by Viking Press. Oh, yeah. Um, so, interestingly, The Voice of the Cat, which it actually took me about 10 minutes into the first episode before I figured it out, and I'm a, and I'm a voice guy. Okay, so last time you came in with a kid's show, and it was voiced by Dave McCormack, yes. uh, lead singer of one of my favourite bands, Custard. Yes. Uh, so, I'm guessing the voice hero is maybe the guy from The Shins? <laughs> no, not, not your second favourite band. Uh, it's actually voiced by our, uh, our good close personal friend, Martin Short. Oh, wow. Who does a fantastic job, and who um, isn't actually our close personal friend, but I just thought about it. Clarify that. Please tell me he's voicing it as Ed Grimley. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, yes, keen, uh, keen uh, Martin Short fans will re- will remember that Ed Grimley was actually a cartoon series for a little while. Yeah, in the, the mental misadventures of Ed Grimley, and it was just so good. I mean, I watched that as a sort of young teenager uh, on the ABC six o'clock prime slot, and I remember even being a little bit too old for it and just loving the hell out of it. Like, it was so funny, and actually predated my understanding of Ed Grimley as a Saturday Night Live character or. Was it Saturday Night Live? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so... I um, think he may even have been a... Um, I think, like, earlier than that, uh, Second City uh, or whatever yeah. it is. What's the show called? I think it's called that, right? The CTV. The, the Canadian one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's awesome. Once you kind of get the idea that it's uh, Martin Short, and he's not even really tra- he's not even really putting it on that part. He, he is almost doing a bit of Ed Grimley, and he's just so... It's he's absolutely perfect as the cat, so it just works really well. Uh, it 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 sort of undoes some of the damage of the horror of the Mike Myers version of the Cat in the Hat, which is just like, uh, you know, I don't even think you'd have to take drugs to just be terrified by watching that thing. It is just a nightmare. Um, some people love it for its cult, uh, you know, because it is a nightmare. Uh, not me. I think it's a disgrace. And even though I'm not opposed to Mike Myers, really, um, in concept. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, and that's terrible. There's good eras of Mike Myers, the, of course. There is. There has been, and there has been some other good uh, adaptations of Doctor Seuss too. I'm thinking particularly of uh, there's a there's a really great animated version of the Lorax, which looks quite close and um, stars Danny DeVito as the voice of the Lorax, which is fantastic. Obviously, who actually he looks a bit like the Lorax. And um, there was also a I want to say there was a Horton Hears a Who. Um, uh, cartoon as well it was quite well done and quite close I really didn't care for the Grinch that came out there was a version of the Grinch even though it was beautifully animated and really well done it kind of suffered from sticking too close to the uh, to the story if that is possible and it just sort of it really felt a bit boring and I don't know I was really I was a bit disappointed with that the one that came out at the end of off of Christmas last year um, even though I was quite excited about it, me and the me and the kid both got a bit bored with it. But anyway, fantastic show for kids. It's on Netflix. It's the Cat in the Hat knows that, and it's quite. It's done in a really kind of fun educational way too. In some of the way that some of those other kids shows like Octonauts and um, the, the, the Go Jetters <laughs> present present uh, interesting um, interesting uh, you know lessons in a, in a fun way. So yes, big thumbs up for the Cat in the Hat knows that, starring Martin Short. Yeah, I mean, the recommendation I took away from this is that I should try to track down the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And any of the 60s Dr. Seuss cartoons that are on, uh, like, they're all on YouTube and stuff. They're just insane. They're so weird and fun to watch. But, yeah, very, very odd. I'm not sure if you've watched any kids' shows, Dan, this week, but, but maybe you've watched something else. What have you watched? Look, I have watched the new Amazon TV show, Good Omens. Armageddon's days away. And we've lost the Antichrist. We have to work together. We have nothing whatsoever in common. I don't even like you. You do. 
Mm, now, that doesn't exactly sound like a kid's show. No, that is not a kid's show. <laughs> uh, this is the new series uh, based on the Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett book series, Good Omens. Ah. It might just be an A-book. I'm not really across the... So, there is a connection there with the uh, the literature turning into a, uh, into a living thing. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat? Yeah. Good Omens, if you are unaware of it, the idea of it is that you've got uh, two, like an angel and a devil... Uh, one is David Tennant. He's from the you know the bad team. Oh, this is it's a, this has got a great cast. As I look across okay. the thing, run through it. All right, we've got David Tennant. He yep. plays Crowley. We've Check. Got, um, Michael Sheen, who's not one of the Sheen brothers, but is a very funny dude. What's he from? Uh, well, you may recognise him as having played the UK Prime Minister a number of times. Uh, but also Masters of Sex. Masters of Sex, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, he's yeah. great in that. Um, John Hamm, who is, um, of course, uh, Madman. And he plays the Archangel Gabriel. Yes. And the well, uh, Archangel. I, was, I should have made the joke about how he's from Kimmy Schmidt. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Miranda Richardson, Michael McKean, Francis McDormand. It's almost like you couldn't... It, it would be hard to... Uh, Nick Offerman, Jack Whitehall. Oh, it's ridiculous. It is a murderous row of talent. Oh, my God. And the question I have is, with so many great talented Johnny people- Johnny Vegas. Sorry. With so many great talented people, <laughs> how have they come up with something that's so- uh, I don't want to use pedestrian, because it's not oh, quite that. Really? But it's a little bit middling. Wow. Yeah, like, I went into it expecting to love this show and to be recommending it to everyone. And I had a good time with it, but it's not something that I really feel compelled to be saying, you know what- Jump on Amazon. This is definitely like the right. show for I'm you. really surprised. Maybe it's like when you put too many delicious things on a pizza, and <laughs> yeah. then the pizza kind of just becomes this mess of delicious food, but it doesn't actually have any nice um, overtones. That's exactly it. You have your ham, you have your pineapple. You don't need to add <laughs> you anything don't else. Need anything else? And in this case, yeah, we got. Oh my god, I'm still I'm like obviously extremely curious to check it out based on this ridiculous. Well, this exactly oh, so. It. What's the? Well, how did this come about? There's be- no way that you can't go and see. Like, can't you know? Load up the yeah. Amazon, watch this. Did it? Uh, is this the kind of thing where these people were all involved because of the? Uh, you know, because maybe of the reputation of the the work and. This, I think it's one of these things where if you're Michael Sheen, you get given the opportunity to be part of a six episode limited series like this. I, I don't know how far into the casting it was before that's happening, but let's say that you know the other people are involved. It's yeah, like, even you if you're part them. of that. Yeah. Neil Gaiman, you know, people love his books. Like, I think he's someone of whom engenders like a fair bit of excitement around it. And even if things don't necessarily fire off as well as intended, it's still a noble project. And that's absolutely what this is. It's a worthwhile shot. And it is such a, you know, let's try to knock it out of the park. And when you haven't completely knocked it out of the park, then I don't think it necessarily becomes a great. It just becomes a slightly missed opportunity. Yeah, sure. And that's what this is. Like, I think it is such a noble effort, but it just doesn't quite get over the line. Are you familiar with the book? I, look, I haven't read the book. And I believe that if you've read the book, you'll get a little bit more out of it than I have. It's not quite as divisive, though, as American Gods, which was based on another yes. book by Neil. Uh, and if you haven't read the book, that series is just impenetrable. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, this, it's certainly very watchable. And the idea is that you've got an angel and a devil of whom, you know, they're kind of in cahoots because they don't necessarily want to bring an apocalypse around, which is where the rest of the team's trying to take them. There's a plan to try to uh, make sure that the Antichrist, of whom is risen, has been handed to the son of a US... Um, it's an ambassador, I think. I'm trying to remember exactly what his deal is. But anyway, they end up giving the child to the wrong family. And so for a couple of years, they're monitoring this one child 
and thinking that he's the Antichrist, but it's really this other kid, and it's a whole thing. It's kind of fun, but it's just, it feels so inessential in a way that it could have felt really magical and just, you know, just awe-inspiring as a show. So this is interesting, because I've always had this um, prejudice against Gaiman uh, because I have had the belief that he's a Scientologist and I hold a prejudice against everyone well, I believe he was born as a Scientologist and raised as one, but I don't know if it's part of his life. Yeah, no, this is what this sort of says here, which is not... Yeah, which I'm quite surprised. He was actually born Jewish, raised a Scientologist, educated by the Church of England, and says he is now... Uh, non-religious, although um, he and he's is he still married? He was married to Amanda Palmer. Yeah, film. I don't know if that's still a thing. And she was most definitely a Scientologist. So <laughs> I don't know exactly how that was. Was she? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they, I believe they were both members of Sea Org. What's what's the rules about defamation in podcasts? Dan, is that is that a thing? Ah, uh, look, I mean, if they were both <laughs> members of Scientology, I don't think we've been dismissive in terms of. Uh, we're not. Yeah, no. Anyway, yeah. except I did say I held held a great prejudice against Scientologists, um, which are, which whatever. Um, <laughs> which maybe I do It's fine, nobody listens to this Nobody's going to listen to this uh, No, but anyway, where I was going with that was Obviously it's very interesting that he's explored this very sort of Catholic Christian theme With this with this work And is that something that he regularly does? Look, I haven't read a great deal of his work But I'm pretty sure the Sandman used to play around with these sort of yeah. things a little bit as well And I used to read a little bit of that back when I was a angsty young younger person um, <laughs> and, and a Tori Amos fan They had a bit of a... Uh, a, a, a creative um, backwards and forwards there for a while, which is kind of where I became aware of him. But yeah, it's, look, it's just a, it's pretty hard to not be interested in it just based purely on the fact that it's this kind of, uh, the, the, the story and the cast behind it makes it pretty compelling, doesn't it? That's exactly it. I don't think you can go past giving it a look, but when you're watching it, maybe just measure your expectations going in. Are you going to make it to the end? Look, I don't know. I'm curious to know sort of how it winds out, so I'll get back to it. Yeah. I'm just not rushing to get back to it. There's other things to do. Yeah. I mean, I've still got to watch, you know, uh, was it the Seuss? <laughs> Doctor Who's Who's name? Who's this Seuss dude? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's very um, interesting. Hmm. Chris Yates, does this bring us to the end? No, no, I've got, show? no, I've got one more. How rude of me, Chris Yates, <laughs> please. I, I'm genuinely interested. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can tell how much you are. You go back to reading your emails after, as soon as I start talking, don't worry about it. I've got a Tetris game. <laughs> Chris, what have you been watching? Okay, I've watched a fantastic show in the last couple of weeks. I'm only a couple of episodes in. It is called What We Do in the Shadows. I was a very ferocious soldier in the Ottoman Empire, which meant a lot of killing, a lot of pillaging. People would say, please don't pillage me. And I would say, no, I'm pillaging everyone you included. This to me sounds like a show based on a popular movie from New Zealand, correct? That is correct. We're, we're, doing, we're working on a lot of reinterpretations today. That was the bit of the unofficial theme of the episode today. Uh, have you seen the film, What We Do in the Shadows? Have you seen the show? Look, I had, my first exposure to it was seeing the spin-off TV series that came out last year, Wellington Paranormal. Yes. And that show was so outrageously funny. Yes, I and agree. I thought you were going to say you didn't like it then for a second. No, totally into it. Yeah. And then I sat down to watch the movie and I just wasn't feeling it. Well, this is really interesting. It was recommended the uh, the television program was recommended to me by a very good my very good friend Saul, who is said that um, who is probably the person that the second most person or uh, that I that I go 
have these similar what have you been watching conversations with. The second most person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody else that I do that with, which is there's actually way more than that. But anyway, <laughs> Saul was telling me that um, he really didn't, he didn't care for the movie at all, but because of our mutual love of Matt Berry, it was worth bringing up that uh, he had started watching it and he found it compelling and smashed the whole season in about two episodes, in about two days. And I, uh, yes, I, I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, unfortunately, because of uh, time constraints. But I watched the first two in in stitches, but also in, in a certain amount of awe, just like I cannot, cannot believe that someone would make something so in tune with what I would like to watch <laughs> and so what, what I need to do. So, like, the uh, you know, if the premise is necessary to describe, it's basically... Um, it's an it's an office style uh, docudrama docu comedy um, based on uh, some vampires who live in uh, well in the first movie directed by oh, I don't know actually who directed but it was written by Jermaine Clement and I'm pretty sure Taika was he directed it he directed he? it did he yeah maybe and um uh, and they were in New Zealand so it's a group of just vampires who just live amongst us as you know kind of normal people and are just a bit kind of bad at what they do. And so um, this is a very similar concept, except uh, you have the three vampires who have been um, sent to America to take over the uh, take over the new world of America shortly after its um, settlement by the British, and didn't really do that. Just kind of hung around, found it a bit tricky, so they just <laughs> sort of like took it easy. And uh, uh, they're they're living in um, Staten Island, which was where the boat dropped them off, and uh, seemed like a good enough place as any. And yeah, that's kind of what they've been doing. So, the, and the series starts where the the great lord of all vampires has come over to check up on what they've been doing and to see if America has indeed yet been conquered and <laughs> discovers that it has not. Sorry, in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> yes, I think so. Pretty much. Uh, the arrest. The, I mean, the whole cast is very, very good. Um, Matt Berry is probably one of my absolute favourite. Um, you know. <laughs> What do, you, what do you even call him? I was going to say act, actor, but it doesn't seem right. Well, it's host of London. Um, he's definitely an he's actor. definitely an actor. Um, Natasha Dimitrio plays one of the other vampires who's just unbelievably funny, like maybe as funny as Matt Berry. And Kevin Novak, Kevin Novak, I'm not sure how to say his name, who's uh, well known for some other things that I haven't actually seen him in. Um, so he was kind of a bit of a new face to me, but also just unbelievably hilarious. Not much, you know, it's hard to really explain it more than the, maybe the best joke of all is when, before Matt Perry turns into a bat, he um, goes, bat! <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's good. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just... I'm laughing already. Yeah, you're laughing already. Uh, there's some fantastic... Oh, and there's an, actually, there's another character called um, Colin... Uh, the actor is Mark Proch, who I don't know, but he's a, a special kind of vampire... Um, who is an energy vampire, and this is the kind of vampire who just sort of sucks the energy out of a room. So, But he's technically still an, a vampire, and he lives with the other vampires, but he's just like the guy in the office that just will tell you really boring stories, and people just kind of fall over. And once the energy vampire is done with somebody, they're of no nutritional value to the real vampires anymore. So it's a kind of weird relationship with them all living together. I feel that's my role on this podcast. <laughs> well, mine. It's, I think everyone's a bit of an energy vampire at some <laughs> points, right? But anyway, I, I guess, you know, it seems redundant to say that if you like Matt Berry, then you should check out what we do in the shadows because you probably already have. And if you don't like Matt Berry, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. No, I know what you should do if you don't like Matt Barry. <laughs> go watch Toast of London. Yeah, that's right. Watch the Toast of London and come back and tell us how how you going. How you going then? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I would totally recommend that. I've got no idea how you would watch that. 
uh, in this country at this point. I can you know? tell you exactly how to watch it. It is on a cable subscription service on Foxtel. Oh, Foxtel, yes. That yeah. must have been where I watched it. It must have been. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And uh, I think it's 10 episodes. Very, very good. Very, very, very funny so far. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and just letting you know, like, Jermaine Clement, you know, of whom co-directed the original movie with Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, he's written the first episode. And Taika Waititi directed the first episode, Correct. I, I recall. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine was involved in the writing. I think I don't know if he was technically showrunner, but he was definitely right, yeah, a major yeah. creative through the run. Uh, but the rest of the episodes are written by people like Paul Sims, oh, who's wow. the creator and showrunner of News Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also worked with them on Flight of the Concords. Yes. Um, Ian Morris, of whom is one of the co-creators of uh, The Inbetweeners. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got in there? Um, and it's American production, right? Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure Josh Lieb, of whom also I'm pretty sure is a News Radio alumni. Wow. Tom Sharpling. You know, like Sharpling, amazing. Yeah. Like, there's good people involved in the creative on this. Yeah, well, no, it's not surprising. Like, it's very, very good. You know, it's not just, it's not just Mad Barry yelling, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> there's, there's more to it than that. Although that would probably be enough for me. Yeah. I got to say. Um, yeah. So anyway, gosh, what a fantastic, I mean, I didn't even, you know, it's weird. I didn't even know it existed. Like, I kind of was aware of the, I think when I heard people talking about the spinoff, I assumed they were talking about Wellington Paranormal and I forgot that that's what that was called. And so, yeah, I sort of. When I when it, when the penny dropped, so to speak, I was very excited. Yeah. So if you are enjoying what we do in the shadows, also check out Wellington Paranormal. Yes, it's, definitely, it's definitely, it's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and that one's kind of like an X Filesy sort of thing happening in New Zealand with two like police cops of whom are just working through the middle of the night exploring yes. like New Zealand based <laughs> paranormal crimes instead of just um, pulling over drunk drivers like that amazing New Zealand. Have you yeah. seen that amazing? There's an incredible New Zealand cop show. Yeah, what's that one called? It's, oh, it's like um, Road Patrol or something. Just, no, it's oh gosh, it's so good. I could usually just lay, rattle this one off. It's that's exactly my kind of show. But yeah, it's filmed like cops, but nothing happens. There's, yeah. no, there's, there's no crime in New Zealand, so it's mostly just people like, oh, you got your taillights out, mate. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. That's kind of the extent of it, right? Anyway. Well, I was thinking Wellington Paranormal was filmed like cops. Oh yeah, right, sure. Yeah, but uh, and yeah, and it's also, I mean, yes, that same kind of fake documentary style, which is you know overdone. But when it's done well, it doesn't matter how overdone it is. <laughs> What's well, subverting the genre, Chris? Absolutely. Mm. Like we are here on the podcast genre. Indeed. I don't know what subversion's <laughs> taken place here, but I definitely feel countercultural. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's probably it for us. Yeah. Uh, you can find more Always Be Watching at the website, alwaysbewatching.com. Uh, so while there, subscribe to the newsletter, listen to previous podcasts, immerse yourself in the world of myself <laughs> and Chris. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful world to be a part of. Yeah. And then shower. Except for us. <laughs> shower and scrub. Well, except if you're trapped in it. It's terrible. Yeah. That's fair. What have I been doing with my life? Chris, let's get out of here. All right, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for those recommendations. I will watch them very soon. I will watch the second one you recommended. (laughs) Fair enough. But I have been inspired to go and watch some Ed Grimley. Excellent. Me too. Yeah. Folks, this has been Always Be Watching. We'll be back next week with more of what we've been watching. (laughs) 